Welcome to this edition of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play through Double Fine Productions' Costume Quest. Three pieces of housekeeping before we get to that. First off, I want to thank Lemuel Alquino. He uh, is one of the producers on this week's episode. Um, at the 11th hour, he took a file that was that was gross. Uh, it was echoey, it was inaudible, and he, he turned it into something that you can listen to. So for that, I want to say a big thank you to Lemuel. You can check out his work uh, at his website, L-A-L. Q-U-I-N-O dot com. Uh, if you have any questions uh, for us about the games we played or about anything really, you can send those to questions at leftbehindgame.club. And our next episode coming out in two weeks uh, is about Luigi's Mansion. In this week's episode, we did a lot of things, including imagining what our costume quest pitch would be to Tim Schaefer. Okay, here's, the, here's my game idea, Mr. Schaefer. Um, I, I like Paper Mario, and Halloween's a cool holiday. Can we make a game about that? You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and with me today, two friends. The first friend you may know, you may not. You may not care, you may care. He's great. It's Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a great game. That was so many words, wasn't it? That was a lot of words. Okay, well, hopefully uh, Andrew Persibali can save us. He's our second friend. Hi, Andrew. Hello. How are you? I, I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. I'm great. And speaking of never-ending quests, today we're talking about Costume Quest, the... Game that is up this week. That's an unfair criticism, Andrew, and I can't wait to take you to task for it. All right, so why don't you just tell us, what's Costume Quest all about? What's that thing? So Tell us that thing! Costume Quest is a very fun, uh, very fantastic, very colorful, and energetic game developed by uh, the classic legends at Double Fine, published by the now-defunct THQ. Back in the year 2010, I think it was. 2011 on PC. 2011 on PC. Uh, also came out, uh, so I think it came out originally on the Xbox 360, uh, and then it, I think it came out on the PS3 and some other platforms as well. I think there are mobile versions of it as well. And um, so the game is, it came out of Amnesia Fortnite, which is uh, what happened when Double Fine's funding for Brutal Legend 2 fell out from underneath them. So Tim Schafer, the head of Double Fine, came together and said to all of his team, pitch me on games. We're going to bring them to publishers. And they got a bunch of games uh, published from this. I think Stacking, Iron Brigade came out of it. Known entrenched in some territories. Right. Um, And a bunch of different games. Costume Quest was one of them. And Costume Quest, the premise is you are two twins who have moved to a new neighborhood and you are sent out by your parents to go trick-or-treating and meet some friends. And uh, very early on in your adventures to go collect some candy, you find out that there's uh, some mischief afoot and people are trying to steal candy. And so you go on a quest in a costume to meet some friends, save your twin, 
and collect some candy. Hold up. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about at all. This is what it's about. Okay. So the guy walked into the room. He was pitching all the games, and he was like, listen, this is what you're going to do. Halloween Pokemon. And then he just walked out. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and that was it. And then... And then <laughs> what monsters do you catch? What monsters do I catch? Yeah. Well, definitely not the ones in my head. But <laughs> can can I do an right, can right. I do an imaginary pitch if I'm yeah, in Amnesia Force? Okay, here's the, here's my game idea, Mr. Schaefer. Um, I I like Paper Mario, and Halloween's a cool holiday. Can we make a game about that? Okay, so what I think <laughs> my two lovely friends are trying Morty to Sanchez, uh, get like across that. here is that uh, the game mechanics of the game are um, what I think is called active time battle systems. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's an RPG with very simple mechanics. Uh, So each kid, uh, and as you go through the game, you end up getting more more friends that join you on your quest. Uh, Each kid has their own costume. And as soon as you enter a battle with any of these ghouls, goblins, scary crow people that you run into, um, your kid who's dressed up in their, you know, cardboard costume transforms into what they imagine their costume to look like. So the kid who's dressed as a robot transforms into this big Gundam. And the kid who's dressed as a knight transforms into this amazing Arthurian knight. It is cool the first time you see it. It's pretty I, great. I was blown away. Like, I, I didn't watch any pre-roll or anything about uh-huh. about the game, and I was like, what is going on? It looks like, so good. And, and so you battle in the minds of the kid. So you, it looks as if... Uh, what the kids are imagining they look like and what they represent. And so the, Wait, actually in the minds of children? Is I don't this know if it's actually in the minds okay. of kids. But if you look at the battle arena, it is a zoomed out, you are larger than life on the terrain of whatever area you're in. So I imagine that's not an actual thing that's happening in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that this is mostly in the minds of the kids. Oh, so this whole story is an imagination. That's the whole thing? Sure. Okay. Yeah. It might be, it huh. might not. I don't know. There are real things that happen in the world. But let me just finish describing mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. battle yeah. system. Yes, go ahead. Uh, so your kid, each kid transforms into their costume, into a real-life version of it. And then it's time. Uh, it's turn-based. So you choose which enemy you want to attack. You have one of two options at the beginning. You do enough of your basic attack and you unlock your special attack. That does extra critical damage. And then uh, as you play the game, you collect different stickers that give you special abilities. Um, to either stun enemies, to uh, poison them, do damage over time, avoid attacks, things along those lines. The battle stamps, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the general uh, mechanics of the game, aside from general sport. mechanics. General mechanics. <laughs> oh, you guys. We like having met your mother a bit too much, I think. Mm. Uh, so that's the story. That's the game mechanically. Um, uh, what's funny is I was describing the game to someone who isn't a, isn't a gamey person. Uh, described it to her, and she had a, a mental picture. And when I showed her what the game actually looked like, she says, Oh, shoot, that looks a lot more like a comic book. And I actually hadn't thought of it that way until I saw it in action and mm-hmm. actually looked at it. This game looks great on PC, by the way. Um, so yeah, cool. I, I played it on PC as well. I, yeah. I played it on my 360. But I love the look of this game. The aesthetic, I think, is so cute and whimsy and it has so much whimsy and it's colorful and it's got a great sense of time and presence. I know we're all playing this leading up to Halloween, mm-hmm. um, but it feels like fall when you play it. Mm-hmm. It does. Andy, did, did you play it on PC? 
yeah, I, yeah, like it was, I, and I have a great monitor too. It, it looked that that was definitely my favorite part. Like not not the battle, uh, like artistic bit for sure, but like the actual, um, but the actual like uh, you know walking around bit. The kind of it, it reminded me. The mechanics reminded me a lot of Don't Starve Together. If you've ever. It, Played yeah, that. It's got a similar camera. Um, I really, I really like the art style in this one, though, and it, it just, yeah, I, I love the walking around bit. That that mm-hmm. was definitely, it felt very quaint. Mm-hmm. That to me was my favorite part of the game. Like I, I understand the nature of the game. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge player of RPGs, um, and I know that grinding is part of it, and that battles are part of it. But to me, I, I almost like click through the battles as quickly as possible mm-hmm. because I love like knocking on doors. I loved exploring. I love grabbing candy. Before we talk about knocking on doors and mm-hmm. how amazing that is, one of the things I want to point out as to why I think this game looks so good is because the, uh, the lead on this game, uh, the director of this game is a former Pixar artist. Uh, and I think is now back at Pixar. I'm blanking on her name. Tasha Harris. That sounds exactly correct. Yes. And, uh, good poll. Thanks. Uh, and yeah, so you can tell that there's serious quality in the artwork in here. Most Double Fine games have a very distinct visual look and have a great sense of atmosphere. Um, but I absolutely love Costume Quest and how, you know, the atmosphere that it has in the art direction. So that, that's one of the things I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. Going back to Knocking on Doors, mm-hmm. the music in this game is so good as well. Not only is the art fantastic, but the music is great. Every time you knock on the door, they've got this swelling music, mm-hmm. and you never quite know what's going to be on the other side. So the way this works is you start the game by going door-to-door trick-or-treating, trying to collect as much candy as you can, and figure out what's happening in the neighborhood. Um, but when you go to some of these doors, the, sometimes there's monsters in the homes that are trying to collect all the candy. Mm-hmm. And when you open the door and there's a monster behind it, you end up in a battle. But not every door has a monster behind it. Some doors have uh, grown-ups because there's no voice acting in this game and there's a lot of <laughs> chat bubbles with uh, with the name of the person. And in each it. NPC that opens the door is just grown-ups. It's just grown-ups. <laughs> uh, sometimes there are grown-ups at the door and they give you a ton of candy. And so when you go door-to-door, you never quite know what's going to You never know what's going to happen. And there's this swelling music. And, and it's wrong, yeah. Yeah, and, and it swells and then the door opens and you get this instant relief. Mm-hmm. And it's this fantastic effect that uh, it, it was the first thing that made me pay attention to the music. Um, but I definitely noticed it as I was going through neighborhoods. It had, you know, you could hear great audio environment cues like wind rustling leaves, mm-hmm. uh, wind blowing, um, kids talking, cars honking, things along those lines. Um, but yeah, the music was, I think, absolutely fantastic. Can I go on to say that I, it's not actually the music that I appreciated, it's the sound direction. Because I, I can't remember a single song. I mean, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. This is a small game. Uh, the focus is on telling like a, a really quaint, really fun story. But to me, what was great was the sound direction. Like you said, you described the environment. Like the little sound when you're using your skates, when you're a robot, you hear that little, you know, someone went out and foleyed that or made that sound or collected that sound from somewhere. There's a lot of thought about environmental noise, about sound effects, about little flares here and there. But as far as the music goes, I don't, I don't necessarily remember a single song. I remember, I do remember a couple of times thinking like, oh, like this theme again. And, and, and like, it did happen a couple times, and there, there were a couple times where I wanted more variation, but for some reason, it did 
it blent it blended in with the environment a lot of the time. So it wasn't I thought it was gonna be annoying, but it mm-hmm. wasn't because you're right, there was something about like when you were in certain areas there was like that feel like it was never out of place. So mm-hmm. I think it kinda like solved made up for like the lack of content there by like placing it correctly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that the what is it? Sound, Sound direction, direction yeah. was fantastic. But I also noticed a distinct, you know, theme type music, just mm-hmm. like you were saying, Andrew. Um, throughout that I always felt no matter where we were was appropriate and gave a good sense of place and atmosphere and time because it also seems kind of retro I don't know if you guys felt that way too but it hit me more as like this is this is taking place in the 90s or early 2000s I totally felt that 100% and, and I think that was probably intentional in some capacity because you know I, I know that the pitch on this game was uh, reliving the experience of going trick-or-treating. Mm-hmm. And if you look at who the audience would be for this game, it was probably people our age. And um, clearly, we would have been trick-or-treating in the 90s 100%. and early 2000s. Yeah. I, I just hadn't thought of like who this game is developed for, because this is the second time that i played this. So I played it back when it first came out. It's a huge fan of Double Fine. As an aside, um, if you're interested in learning more about the process of Amnesia Fortnite... Uh, there are great documentaries done by Two Player Productions, Player Productions, and they're actually now turning this into a business. Humble might be involved. I think Humble is involved, where every year they have a documentary series on the build-up to uh, Amnesia Fortnite to the pitches. They let you vote on the pitches. Uh, for like a dollar, you get to vote on the pitches, and then they do five prototypes, and I think you actually get to play the prototypes as well. So there's that great piece of content if you're interested in learning more about like a game jam environment in a large studio. Medium studio. Just to go off of that, right now there's a humble humble bundle with a whole bunch of double fine titles in it. And if you pay, if you hit the max tier, the the highest tier available in the humble bundle, I think you get a VIP ticket to the Amnesia Fortnite. Yeah. So again, fantastic. And that's aside from what's already out there for the double fine uh, two player uh, productions documentary related to Broken Age. I won't talk about that. But this is the second time I played through the game. And I would have played through it when I was like a late teenager, probably when I was still like getting really into costumes. This is the first year in a long time that I haven't dressed up for Halloween. And that's because of things that are happening that I, I just like no party. I did like a haunted uh, hayride, but I didn't go to a party and I didn't get a costume. I'm a real adult. Okay. I'm still a child. I went out as Buster Baxter from Arthur this year. Oh my God. Did you? Yeah. I did friend, see that. I saw that. You saw that? My yeah. friend went as Arthur. I went as Buster. Uh, individually, people couldn't figure out who we were, but together, everyone understood. But the reason I bring it up is because I don't remember liking this game as much when I played it the first time. And I, really? Yeah. I, and most of the time, like, uh, if you want to listen to our old podcast, generally speaking, I think that I usually, like, for games that I played for the second time, most of the time I'm a grumpy curmudgeon, and I'm like, I don't like this. But, like, I like this game way more playing it now Versus when I played it the first time. And Extra nostalgia. So Super nostalgia. I guess let's set a baseline here. Andrew, have you ever played this game before? No. no, no okay, no. and did you know about this game before we no, asked? No, okay. no, no, And, Jacob, when did you initially play this game? I, I played it probably within the first year of release. Okay. Uh, because I was super into um, the three set of games that came out. I only played Iron Brigade, and I played Stacking. Costume Quest. I did not play Stacking. I want to play Stacking. I also played the Grubbins on Ice DLC oh. about two or three years ago, right around Christmas time. So there's a there's an additional piece of DLC. It's two hours. It's about Christmas. It's great. So I played this game <laughs> when it initially came out, and I loved it. I, I think 
actually, I think I waited a year because I was insistent on playing it the month of October leading up to Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I remember playing it over the course of a month. I would hop on for an hour, maybe a half hour, play a little bit of it, enjoy the uh, the experience. And I know that I finished it on Halloween night, sitting sitting at home before the kids came and rang the doorbell and annoyed me. Um, <laughs> and it was it was I just have the best memories of playing this game. And spoilers, I I held held a lot of those same feelings when I played it again this time. Scrooge McDuck just like play, playing a, a video game about Christmas <laughs> like, like right before the clock, clock starts and then here's like oh yes. stupid kids coming in damn kids <laughs> what do they think they're doing coming to my house on Halloween I'm trying to play a video game come on <laughs> about Halloween <laughs> this candy's for you um, but uh, yeah so I, I like this game a lot more uh, you were talking about the art direction then we talked about how how much you liked it. What are your general impressions of the game? We actually haven't like gotten there yet. Yeah. So so my general impression of the game is that it is one of the funniest games, and I think it carries a lot of the repetition, like repetitive elements of this game, and smooths them over because it is so consistently funny in ways that you don't expect. There are great moments where two of the villains, there are two birds that are carrying this chest. And they have these very self-aware <laughs> conversations about being villains and about having ethical dilemmas and what they're doing. Stealing yeah, from about being people. lackeys, essentially, too, yeah. right? Yeah. There are fantastic moments where you can tell the writers of the game were, like, crunched in a deadline and didn't know how to narratively get these kids off of, off like, the Ferris wheel. <laughs> and they said, I will, have pl- I will um, suspend my disbelief for this moment. And it's this great moment where the game not only, you know, has a wink at you, um, but it also says, like, this is, it, despite it being rated E10, uh, it also winks at you and says, like, we know that there are smart adults playing this game. Like, like, like watch the Pinky in the Brain. Wait, 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 how did they, how did they get, I'm trying to remember, how did they get off the, the fair, it so was a wipe. Here's, they it just did a, a wipe. It was a wipe. And then oh. they ended up on the ground. <laughs> so, I'm sure if you ask the developer of the game, they would tell you, they're like, that was one of the last things we were supposed to implement, and we ran out of time. So right, right. In the last minute, we're like, how, right. how do we how do we do this? Well, the way up was important. It was. <laughs> that was the important and, thing. And that was a great <laughs> character. What was that character's name? Augie, like the the um, the daredevil who was like, I'm going to shoot my... Orzo. Orzo! He's a type of, like, pasta, pasta rice! Yeah. He said all great uh, Italian daredevils are named after pasta. No, I missed that. Yeah, um, was, was all I was thinking of was right after that, when you're in the maze with the... What were they? They're called... We're jumping around. You should probably set up yes. the progression of this. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in that yeah. piece, of, piece of... So, I guess it's split into, into three, three pieces? Acts. Three acts. So, the first act, you're in the neighborhood cul-de-sac where your uh, either your sister or your brother, because you can, as you mentioned, you can do either, gets kidnapped. And you have to get through these gates at each point, which are gates that are blocked by there being candy left in the cul-de-sac. So mm-hmm. when you collect all the candy in the cul-de-sac, you move on from there to the mall. And once you're in the mall, when you collect all the candy, you can go through the third gate, which uh, is some it's sort of... town on the outskirts. It's in the county. Yes, and then that's after that you get the, the final confrontation the of the final game. Final confrontation with big bones. With mm-hmm. with big bones. Then big tell bones. me that is that is some character. That is amazing. I can't wait to talk about big bones, but I will. So, do we want to talk about the first the the yeah, cul-de-sac? So we started the cul-de-sac, 
and you go around door to door and you never quite know who's going to be on the other side mm-hmm. of it. And you bump into people and there are different little side quests that you pick up along the way. And each of these side quests gives you either candy or pieces uh, of costume material or blueprints for costumes. And what, what ends up happening is because each of these costumes, you can choose which costume you're going to wear into the battle. They each have their different abilities and battle mechanics. And so you end up needing to collect the three different elements. And if you have the blueprint, you create a costume out of it. And that costume then gives you new battle abilities when you get into the battle. Um, so you complete these different side quests, and there are a bunch of different things to do. So in each of the different areas, there's a bobbing for apples minigame. There's a find the kids hidden throughout the space game. Um, what other... Which was quests? way too reminiscent of Wind Waker for me. After <laughs> the nightmare I went through with that, but I don't know. There's, okay. there's some other side quests that are like not really... Linear and refresh my memory. There's a lot that are like, hey, there, there's this card. I, I want this rare yes. card. And, right. and sorry, what are, what are the other? Uh, well, there was one that, like in the first area specifically where you're like, oh, you have to get into this party where it's like a bunch of Abraham Lincolns and you have to get like a, so a, a patriotic costume to get into it. They give you good hints. Right. And, and so you end up having to collect all the different items. And I think, again, it speaks to some of the best uh, aspects of the game, which is the writing. Mm-hmm. All of these kids, once you get into the party, dressed as Abraham Lincoln, or dressed as the Statue of Liberty, they end up making these comments about, isn't it weird that this statue that's about, you know... I, I remember that. They're, yeah, they're, they went, like, very into, like, the ethical weapons. dilemmas of, yeah. like... Uh, they talk I, about I, I, nationalism yeah, they, and they, patriotism for and sure. differences between the two, and it's nothing that you expect of a game that's rated... For sure. I forget, like, the verbatim right now, but it definitely, it definitely had... Uh, uh, reminiscence of that. Yeah, and, and so there are many points throughout this game where they talk very intelligent to, to you uh, and call aside some of the funny little tropes, and they're very aware of what they're mm-hmm. doing. You know what the writing reminded me a lot of, and I brought this up, is like Spielberg's WB cartoons. The... Freakazoid, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, right. where the writing is very, like, I, I could rewatch it today and be like, oh, dang, like, I didn't realize that he made a, an innuendo, because, like, I was seven when I watched it because there was an animated mouse. And there's a, right. I mean, it's not as, as mature, but there's a lot of like, there's nothing like immature, but it's a lot of like wink and nods being like, hey, we know you're playing a video game. How about this joke? And I like, it, it was really great. And the, the one I was going to bring up, I'm going to bring it up now because I'll forget if I don't. Um, but the thing uh, later in the game, you're in a maze and you, uh, fa- you're face to face with a grubbin and you have to. That's um, the first lower level enemy. The first lower level enemy and you are wearing a grubbin costume to get through a gate, and he's uh, sitting there, and he's like, oh, you look like a grubbin, but what's wrong with your voice? And then he's like, oh, I'm just, you know, making making a joke about how stupid our voices are and trying this different voice, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> just fantastic, some of the writing. I digress, though. It's... it's Yeah, so there... I, uh, writing is the consistent high point. Uh, the two writers of this game, I think it's... John Elliott and Tim Schafer. And Tim Schafer's humor is clear and, and shines throughout. Um, I'm a big fan of Tim Schafer after having played Psychonauts. Uh, but I'm sure we'll get to that at some point on the podcast. I, I digress. Um, the writing is fantastic. I, despite having these many minigames throughout uh, and doing them at every single stage, finding the kids, bobbing for apples, trading stamps with people, I still enjoy doing them. I love the Bobby Travels game. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. figuring out how to optimize my score, yep. mm-hmm. how to min-max it. 
how far do I have to go? Do I only go for the green apples? Do I go for the red apples? Do I get both? How do, how do I uh-huh. find this game? Uh, I, I, I gotta say though, I didn't enjoy finding all the kids. Usually I ended up finding them all. Uh, but I think in the first section I missed one. I never did. And I was so did. mad. And I was so mad about it. Yeah, like I spent I spent too much time on it. And then I was like, wow, I shouldn't just stick around if I'm... Like I didn't know what kind of benefit... I forget what kind of benefit there was to doing it. Like if you got a reward or something. Yeah, but I was like... It, costume pieces. Oh, okay. No, I think it was candy. Was because candy? I the thing that I did is... The only thing I didn't do was find the kids in the cul-de-sac and the mall. Those are the only two things. I think I found four to six in both. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's candy for those because I, the first time I played through, I didn't get all the costumes, but this time around by habit stance, I got all the costumes no and I did, those are the two things I didn't complete. I suppose I could have gone to a guide. I just, I, uh, you know I what? decided not to. I didn't go to a guide and like, I, I think I was just, that. and I usually do like, I'm notorious for soft. being like, I'm super soft. <laughs> I'm like, is this hard? Yeah. I'm <laughs> going to gamefaqs.com. Let's do this. Also, because it's 10 years ago, and people still go to GameFAQs instead of going to YouTube. <laughs> Whatever. I digress is the theme for today. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a fun game, and I wouldn't say it was easy either. So, I, I thought it was easy, and then I had a friend come over and play it with me, and I saw the way that he played it, and I realized I can see how some people would like find this difficult. I, I thought the battle system was pretty clear and the way that you should prioritize enemies was pretty clear. Anyone who's a medic or casts spells, you try mm-hmm. and stun mm-hmm. them or kill them as quickly exactly. as possible. Anyone that is a big, burly dude, you finish them in the end when you can concentrate all of your attacks on them. For sure. Um, you equip a dodge um, sticker on your character that heals everyone. You always have the Statue of Liberty. Because the Statue of Liberty can heal your entire party nope. after two got attacks. No, no, nope. got rid of it. Not until Sorry, we had three. Not until no. I got the unicorn. After the after I got the unicorn, I changed from Statue of Liberty to unicorn. I didn't get the unicorn this time. Uh, you didn't. Did you get the unicorn? Nope. You didn't get the unicorn because <laughs> the unicorn could heal. So Anthem, which is uh-huh. the Statue of Liberty's, which is amazing. Yeah, which is a great and, and those like vignettes to yes. like do the special powers. Oh yeah, them. like the Abraham Lincoln and the eagle flying around. <laughs> <like, laughs> <laughs> um, was amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, that was great. But what Anthem does is Anthem heals your party like equally, universally, universally mm-hmm. maybe like sixty HP. It depends on your level mm-hmm. where you are in the game, whatever. But what the unicorn does is it takes all of that healing ability and puts it on one character. So if you end up oh, having that's a characters, great, that's a great one, super duper. So like you get to, and I want to hear what your loadouts were like or what your party ended up being. But I ended up going with for most of the game um, the knight. I ended up going, yeah, the knight, the robot. No wonder you found it difficult. The knight, the robot, and the unicorn. Like, that's what I did the game with. And and I would put stamps on, so the knight would have poison. So it would poison everything around. The robot would have counterattack because it had the the highest attack. So I get more attack. And then my my unicorn had a dog because it was, like, the the weakest of the bunch. So what was was your party like? Uh, Andy, what was your party? <laughs> I'm gonna judge you. I, I, I know, I know. I'm like, oh no, I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't prioritize like that. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I would say I used the, uh, I used the spaceship man at some point. He was fantastic. I, yeah, sure, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Uh, and then I used I used the knight as well as the robot as well. But near the end, I switched over to the ninja as my third person. Kitsune Shroud. I know. And because I'm... That's a, a bad special. 
It is, yeah, but it's because, better than the knight special. Because I'm a romantic, I gave him the expert dodge ability. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were just like, thematically I just, on I, I, I don't know. Like, this doesn't make any that's, sense. That's what sense, But it's on fun. <laughs> like, as far as like, like the knight had counterattack, uh, the, 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 the robot, oh, nuts, I forget what he had. I, I, I think I, I routinely switched the robot here and there. But, like, I think, it going back to, like, my first impressions on the combat, at first I was like, oh, I get how this game is going to be. It's going to be super boring, and I'm just going to hit, like, I'm going to figure out, like, oh, this does 60 damage, and this does whatever. How do you actually reload your attack to make sure you get the maximum yep, damage? Yep. And then I was like, and then as the battle stamps came in, I was like, oh, this is more complicated than I first thought. So, like, I felt, throughout the game, I felt like I was changing my playstyle. Like, even though, which I was excited about, because at first I was really worried. I was like, oh, no, it's just going to be the same thing over and over. But as things progressed, even though, like, I didn't get even a lot of costumes, I would say, probably because I rushed through it, um, I, I would say, like, I dramatically changed my playstyle like consistently as I like move forward and I was like oh may- like I'd lost this battle like I-, I have to go back and like revise what mm-hmm. I'm doing uh, oh I use scare a lot until I realized it didn't work on the bosses yeah. <laughs> and stun doesn't work on the bosses either right exactly or TP sorry yeah, yeah I yeah, actually I didn't use the, the TP I used the egg because okay. the egg would do the, the stun Does as well. Damage and stun. Mm-hmm. But one of the bosses can get distracted by the stun, right? Yeah. The final Drusilla. Yeah. The, yes. The witch. Yeah, yes. she she's powering up and you can like throw a stun Who as a twin. Dorian. Yes. Which is Oh snap! So in this game you're looking for your twin who's uh, who's stolen because they're dressed like a piece of candy corn. The worst piece of candy in existence. Agree. And, uh, I mean, there's nothing to agree with. It's a fact. Yeah. All of you savages out there who eat that disgusting, syrupy garbage. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your, your, your sibling is dressed as a piece of candy corn, mm-hmm. and these monsters who are not very bright think it's just a giant piece of candy that talks. And so they steal your twin, and you have to go and collect them at the end of this game. And as the, the big boss of all of these baddies is this witch Drusilla. And you find throughout the game, there's these this black cat, there's this scarecrow, this jack-o'-lantern, they all help you. They give you little pieces of, um, little pieces of, of costume of wisdom, items. Yeah, advice. Hints, candy, little things throughout. And you end up finding later that it's a fortune teller, her twin brother, Dorian, um, which I thought was a fantastically, fantastic thematically. Yeah, who almost starts as, like, doesn't he start in one of those, like, boxes? What are those arcade games with the fortune teller? What is that called? Zoltan. You know, Zoltan. Did he not start in, like, a Zoltan-esque costume he and did. booth? He yeah. Did, yeah. Um, yes. How did we get on this topic? Um, siblings, candy corn. Disgusting. Costumes. Disgusting. Party. Costumes. Okay. Yeah. So your loadouts, I don't know Got there. why you guys use the knife. That completely confuses me. Okay, what do you use? No, let me just point out, the nice special <laughs> special attack is to provide one of your party members an essentially invulnerability. When they get damaged, it's like 1 or 2 damage as opposed to 15 or 30 mm-hmm. or whatever you're scaling at at that point. Um, so my loadout was the robot, the Gundam, yep. with counterattack, mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they were, you know, 
they can attack a lot. It was fantastic. He's the Mario of this exactly. game, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best Mario and brother. No, I mean, might, he's sorry. the main character. I, I have to also point out, you have to wear the robot, because otherwise you will walk and not run. <laughs> and why would I play this game at a walk pace when I can play it at a run pace? Fantastic <laughs> um, so most costumes have an alternate ability. Some costumes don't. Um, so the knight has the alternate ability to provide a shield that allows you to walk through water and other areas. Uh, the um, astronaut has a light-up sword that allows you to walk through the dark portions that there's no light. With the animation for it, by the way, was stunned. Every time the astronaut like put picks up, up his sword and he like looks back and forth, I was like, "Wow, that look! He looks like he's looking around. <laughs> like I was, it, it like made me unsettled how good that animation was. Absolutely. I don't know; it just threw me off. But sorry, continue. Yeah. So my loadout was the robot with the special ability to use his heelies mm-hmm. and move around very quickly with the counterattack sticker. The second character I had was the Statue of Liberty with uh, the dodge. Uh, whatever it was that allowed them to essentially dodge every single attack that came at it. Mm -hmm. And the reason I stacked it that way was because the Statue of Liberty would heal everyone, so you could be sure that they would always survive and never get hit by stuff. And so if you were ever the last party member remaining, you could consistently attack and not take much damage. Um, Because out of five attacks, they'd probably dodge three or four. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my last member, for the vast majority of the game, when I wasn't playing around and using the McDonald's fries, um, was, which by the way, one of the most amazing costumes we've got yeah. to talk about right after this, um, was the astronaut dude. Because his special attack, which hailed down a meteor and did fantastic fire damage mm-hmm. everywhere, um, was just so good. Because whenever the enemy trio, you never know what combination they're going to be in, if there was any time a sorcerer that would cast an invulnerability spell on one of the characters... You could be sure to use the meteor strike or the rocket strike from your big rocket dude on one of the other characters, do maximal maximum damage on them, mm-hmm. and do very minimal splash damage yeah, on the invulnerable character and destroy their shield. It was I felt like I optimized my gameplay when it came to this. I feel like you made a list and you made like a list of like pros and cons of did you? I I didn't actually write out a list, but I as soon as I realized it was going to be more advanced than just hitting the right button at the right time, I was like, oh, let me turn my brain into a computer right Less now. Less advanced wars, more fire emblem, exactly. right? Yeah, so yes. bad so example, but uh, the, the fry costume. So the hilarious. only one I did not use in battle. So the fry costume in battle is like a crab or a spider, and its special attack is it rains down salt from the sky like meteors. It <laughs> is mean. Yes, <laughs> like yes. salt bay. like the salt bay, the salt bay. Yeah. <laughs> and it is it is not a very strong costume. It's not a very good one, but it is hilarious to see a McDonald's <laughs> fry in battle against these demons or these grunts or whatever. Also, the section with the the fry. So you get to the third area, third act of the game. You're mm-hmm. in this town just outside of the city, and your costumes are stolen from you at this point. You have to figure out how to get them back. And you roll up to this fry truck, and the fry truck's like, hey, I've got, like, a kid-sized costume. Do you want it? He's like, yeah, sure. It'll allow us to at least figure out what we can do until we get our other costumes. 
And he's like, I'll give you more costumes if you bring me three customers. If you lure the children! If you lure the children. Mm-hmm. And so, while every, or most costumes have a second special ability when you hit the B button, the fry costume allows <laughs> you this. to I... leave a trail of fry scent wherever you go. And when you walk by hungry kids, they speak in <laughs> all caps with exclamation points, and they're like, oh my god, there's fries, I, I'm so hungry, I, let's go. I audibly laughed when the girl got to the fry truck and was like, I'm going to eat fries till I puke. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was in disbelief. I was like, that's amazing. And like, so so I, I made the mistake of, uh, my girlfriend came over at the time that I got to this point, and I basically said, look, look, I'm luring children with fries in. And she's just like, what are you playing? What is this never thing? kids. <laughs> yeah, we're never having kids with you ever again. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Fries. So the fry costume. I don't have children. The fry costume's amazing. Uh, it has one of the best special abilities. It's one of those rare moments in the game where the designers are like, we could probably come up with something very thematic and funny and like on point in the story that helps progress the narrative. But instead they're like, we're just going to have some fun with this. Yeah. And they have a lot of fun with it, and I had a ton of fun. As a maverick and as someone who typically loves to ruin projects with my uh, with my bad sense of humor, mm-hmm. I can just picture the one guy in the back being like, "Hey, what if there was a fry costume? <laughs> yep. And there was fry set to yep. lure the children." Like that's that's immediately what I went to. Right. Not like, "Hey, this is really funny," but I'm like, "Hey, that's me in this double fight stand up meeting." <laughs> right, going, right, like, right. Hey, we need a costume. Guess what? It's going to be fries and he's a load of children. <laughs> and, then, and then when the game comes out, you're like, yo, you see that fry thing? That was me. <laughs> like, <laughs> telling all your friends, like, that was my contribution to that, like, multi... The thing is, anyone who's advocating for a fry costume, their friends know it was that. <laughs> their friends know yep, it was They're that. like, yeah, like, I totally believe it. It couldn't like, have been anyone else. Yep. No one else is that much. He takes it home and he's like, honey, honey, look at This is my contribution to this game. It's on my LinkedIn. And she's like, oh, honey. <laughs> I, this is what you spent three years working on? Fry, this fry costume, costume designer. <laughs> and that be his title? Yeah. To whomever designed this, I'm actually saying thank you. Oh, it was I think one it was of, one of the best moments. Yeah, yeah. hilarious. Hala. Um, <laughs> going back to the cul-de-sac, we've kind of covered it. You collect yeah. your candy, then you go to the mall, right? You go to the mall, you get a new type of villain. They're a little bit bigger than the grunts you've been facing so far. Uh, and this is also where they open up the ability to sneak attack them. So you can provoke battles now because uh, you you get costumes like the ninja costume Mm -hmm. that allows you to sneak past anyone without getting into a battle. Um, Now you can sneak up behind the enemies, smack them in the back when they're patrolling and say, ha ha, here I am. (laughs) But you weren't expecting this. No, it's something much more wittier than that. It usually is, yeah. (laughs) I I, I feel as though one or two of them are actually that though. It's like, ha ha. <laughs> is it is it just me or was I the only one that actually made like the voices of some of the characters? Like I picture the, the like the big guys and I'm like, oh, guess who's gonna steal your candy? Yep. See, you've got you've got a, a, a good voice background. Well, and then same thing with the with the birds. I was like, I'm gonna come and get your candy. I, I did feel that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's immediately what I went to when I saw those big baddies in that part of the game. I wish I had those skills to voice act it myself. Yeah. But I, I didn't, and I left wishing that the production budget was a bit higher, that they could have had this voice acted, because, again, I'll go back to Psychonauts as one of my favorite games of all time. I think it has fantastic voice acting, and the writers at Double Fine are good at writing for spoken dialogue. 
Broken Age was good too. Did Broken Age not have it? Did Elijah have, Wood? Yeah, Elijah Wood. I only played the first part of that game. I haven't finished it. Yeah. Yeah, I played a bit of it. I liked the mall. They brought me back to when I was a a young kid, and I used to live right next to a a mall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to go trick-or-treating in the mall. Mm -hmm. And I I talked to people, and I'm like, did you ever go trick-or-treating in the mall? They're like, never. That sounds weird. And I remember doing it, and it brought me back. It hit me right in that nostalgia. Did you live at the mall? Yeah. You did? Not Not at the big mall that everyone knows at, but there was a mall next to my house growing up when I was younger. And, uh, it was indoors and we would go from store to store and get candy. And it, it just hit me in the right spot playing through this. Mm. Even though the mall is probably the least interesting zone out of the three areas that we really go to. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it, even the maze is a bit more interesting. I, I found my issue with the mall was the upper levels. Okay. There was a lot of like dark hallways and you I'm like, you can see it. Yeah. Exactly, you couldn't see it. And so, so a game like, of art design is like one of the main selling points. You're like, oh, I want to see what's there. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of the mall from Tony Hawk and less of the mall from Night in the Woods. I'm sorry. Tony Hawk's a great game. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4? What one are you talking about? Uh, one and two on 64. Oh, yeah, you're older. Never mind. <laughs> Pro Skater 4 is where it's at because the soundtrack was What about amazing. Thug? Yo, even talk to me. Bam Margera's in that <laughs> game, is he not? He probably. Do, do, do you know who Bam Margera is? Dude, no. Dang <laughs> it! Really? Maybe. Do you know what Jackass I is? I don't. I know who that is. Jacob, yeah. this is a clean podcast. Jackass is the name of a television program. It is. It is. Can I leave it? In? Should I just bleep it? You should. Should I, should I just bleep it every time I say yeah. Jackass? Yeah, and then they'll be wondering, like, what was he talking? What about? is that show with Bam Margera? How will I ever know? Oh, okay. but you know, Bam Margera has done so much. Okay, okay. You How will I ever figure it out? I'm actually I'm just gonna bleep Honestly. the 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 a word part of it. I'm just gonna leave Jack beep. Okay, fair. Um, so the mall actually has one of the more unique things in the game, which is the costume contest, where you have to go around and talk to the different judges and find out what they like, which I thought was like so true in any contest. You're playing the judges more than you're becoming the best version. Actually, of the any image. job too. Right. Just yes. go talk to everyone and see what they like, Figure and don't do anything like. original. Just do what they Just say. Do what they say. Yeah. Climb so. that corporate costume ladder. <laughs> Jacob's not better. <laughs> I'm now realizing. Uh, as we're going through this, I might be realizing that I might have only started that quest. Oh, but it sounds like one of the more valuable ones. I must have just like left them all. You just picked the right three costumes for your, for oh, your group, oh. which happens to be, I think, two out of the three that you guys were using for the whole case. Robot, Statue of Liberty. And Knight. Knight. Yeah. Chivalrous, Patriotic, and then High Tech. Futuristic? Futuristic, something, something like, like that. that yeah. Mm. Um... And yeah, that's you win the contest, and I don't remember what you get because most of the, it candy. doesn't matter most of the time. When in doubt, it's candy. Did you I guys ever have a lack of candy? Nope, me neither. Uh, I didn't get all the battle stamps. I think I, I had three of them left to get. I fought my hoarding tendencies in this game. I didn't buy all the battle stamps either. I typically get every piece of collectible that I can, mm-hmm. not out of a conscious decision to collect them all, but just of like, well, it's only like two steps that way, so I might as well follow that breadcrumb. Sure, sure. And then there's more, and so I end up following it until I collect everything. This game, I actively fought that impulse, and I did not collect everything. And mm. I still had more candy than I knew what to do with. I bought pretty much everything that I did. And you got the bags, too, the different bags? I don't remember. There was multiple bags. Did you get the multiple bags for your candy? I don't think I did. Sorry, what? So there's, like, multiple different, like, receptacles for your candy? 
just the size on screen. I don't think your capacity was changed, <laughs> but your actual like logo in the in the corner, uh, you could get like a like you know those like pumpkin how those pumpkin. Where, where, if you completed certain quests, you would uh, go from that brown paper bag you had to like one of those like pumpkin receptacles with the handles on them that you used to get at McDonald's back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I um, and then also the ultimate one is like a bat. So it's like got bat wings on the end and nice. it's bigger. I don't actually think it affects your capacity at all. Just like at a certain point on screen, your candy will fill up the bat, the bag logo. Yeah. And I think that it just changes to which point it fills. Like there's no actual <laughs> That's advantage. That's a cool little thing. Yeah. And there's four bags. I only got three of them. The first time I played this game, I did every little side quest and made sure I completed it. This time I pretty much mainlined the story. Um, and yeah, so the mall, not too much that was interesting. I think one of the cool things, aside from the different little costume uh, competitions, was the rail that you took throughout. You got to see behind the mall, and that leads you to the next zone, which was that town outside. You lure some kids away with some fries. You sneak your way into uh, the carnival. You sure treat your way a bit there, too. Sure, yeah. It's like a Bavarian-style village, it's, right? Yeah, it felt very odd. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's a nice little lake there. Um, it's for like the very small British crowd that <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, so once you complete that little town you go into what, a circus, a carnival, something along those yeah. lines. And there's a big Ferris wheel that isn't working. And there's all these little huts throughout that you go trick or treating at, you complete all of those, you talk to the magnificent Orzo. Uh you so good. You use your Kitsune Shroud to sneak into the uh, the cannon that he's using mm-hmm. to get on top of the Ferris wheel. You go into the battle. You fight. Uh, was that one of the bosses? No. The the bulldozer guy. The, bu- yeah, the bulldozer. Yeah, it's um, not Maxtel. Not Maxtel. Yeah. So there are four major bosses I think throughout the game. There's Bojan, who's yeah. the first boss that mm-hmm. you face. Megaphone. Megaphone. Uh, my my tactic there was just destroy destroy him. Don't worry about the megaphone. Oh, I did the opposite. I just started megaphone I, I, first. I did megaphone too. Because uh, you can call them reinforcements with yeah, the megaphone. Yeah, but I just ignored the reinforcements because I had the right loadout. Um, and then... <laughs> did you see that subtle call? He's like, Ooh, guys, see what he there. Yeah. I mean, your fries. I'm more insulted on it. And then uh, the next boss is Mextel, who's this little gnome dude who rides around in a bulldozer. Is this the guy that they're like... Do you want us to come over there? And he's like, no, no, no. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. <laughs> like, I, love, I love that. He's driving around essentially the little, like, like the classic, The classic yeah. cartoon trope of, like, wait, you're over there? Wait, no? Okay, yeah. wait for me. Yeah, and then um, I think there's a third boss on the Ferris wheel, if I'm not wrong. I don't remember the third boss. Okay. Anyway. Because you fight Delora. De- De- Drusilla. Drusilla. Delora. Drusilla. I'm a big Buffy the Vampire fan. And then you fight Big Bones. Like, that's kind of the yeah. order. I don't remember there being a four, like a yeah, boss okay. between those two. Because you had to repeat bosses sometimes. Like, yeah. you had to fight Bojan twice. You fight Once in the arcade twice. and Mechthel twice. So you clean out the Ferris wheel. They do a nice uh, deus ex machina. They get you off the Ferris wheel. You go into this maze. You find the Grublin who's like, I'm defecting. I'm on your side. Don't tell anyone. I don't want Drusilla coming to my world. Uh, let me help you. He's like, here's what you need to do. You need to get this costume. You'll sneak by. You sneak by. You fight Drusilla. Drusilla goes down. Drusilla's battle, pretty cool. Okay? Like, mm-hmm. oh, she's got a lot of cool little spots. I thought that was the main boss. I kind of ex- was expecting that, but then I knew that they kept referencing Big Bones throughout. 
So I was like, there's no way we're not seeing Big Bell. Can I tell you how I felt about this whole, like, back third of it? Yeah. I feel like it was three levels that they crunched into one. Because I, I, oh. I thought about, like, the village as one yeah. thing, the carnival as another, and the maze as, like, the final yeah. approach. They're all smaller. They're all smaller, but I felt like I felt like this game was meant to be much bigger. Like, the scope uh, maybe mm-hmm. was bigger, and they had to, at the end... I, I know nothing about develop, uh, the development of this game, but I feel as though at the end they had to be like, oh, shoot, we need to get this out. Let's just find a way to crunch these three together because they were very distinct. Like, the mall kind of fit together... The, the the cul-de-sac like that was that was almost perfect the way everything fit together mm-hmm. the mall a little less so um, with some of the underground areas and the monorail kind of going into some of those back darker areas uh, monorail uh, I actually don't know what you're referring to I'm just there's a I just great like episode of The Simpsons where Conan O'Brien wrote it uh, where there's a big sing and dance number where this monorail sales when he comes to Springfield and tries to sell Springfield on a monorail. And then they go over to Shelbyville, I think, and they realize that, like, he sold them a monorail, too, and it's it's gone to poop. So, monorails are evil, <laughs> is what you're saying. Yeah. Got it. Um, but I felt like this was distinct levels that were just connected by space. About, yeah, about I, I definitely take that point. I definitely agree that they were smaller areas. Sorry, um, I just have to text my monorail salesman. I, uh, <laughs> I yes. was getting installed, but, you know. Yeah, you should probably cancel that one. <laughs> Although, it would be nice having monorail around the house. I mean... You know, just the two floors. <laughs> you know what you could do? Yeah. A lot of walking. You know what you could do? There are these commercials. You know, after watching television during the day, I can tell you this for sure, is that there are these chairs that you can get installed in your house that will lift you up the stairs so you don't have to climb the stairs. Yeah, but... I've seen those on The prices, Right. That's exactly where I've seen them. <laughs> M- miracle chair? I don't know. But I don't want to leave the couch, you know, so... I'm sure we can retrofit it so that way the couch just glides up the stairs with you. Okay. If the mo- if you're a monorail salesman listening to the Left Behind Game Club, first off, thank Stop you. Stop being evil. Uh, and second, uh, actually send us an email with a quote because I'd, I'd be really interested to know how much a monorail. Is at leftbehindgame.club. That's yeah. it. That's the email. That's the uh, one. That's the email. Or if you have others. But mostly, mo- mostly if you're a monorail yeah. salesman. <laughs> what other salesman do you want to reach out to us? <laughs> Go. Anyway, so <laughs> you, I totally take the point that it's three levels squished into one, but each one of them are smaller, so I don't feel like it's too too tough. Mm-hmm. You battled Drusilla. She's got great power. She creates multiple copies of herself. You don't know which one's the real one, but you do because she takes less damage than any of her clones do. So you just concentrate attacking on the one that takes the least damage out of all of them. Um, and then once you defeat her, you talk to her again. She's like, "If you talk to me one more time, kid, you're gonna have to fa- you're gonna have to face me. I'm gonna have to fight me." And then you fight her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna call in reinforcements." And she calls in Big Bones. And I don't know about you guys, but I was not expecting Big Bones to be a big boned skeleton, an overweight skeleton who would not make his way through the portal because he was too big and he liked candy. From eating all that candy, I was not expecting that. I thought that was one of the best play play on. Plan words there was because you know big people are called big bone for sure, and you've never seen a fat. It's skull. better when I explain Dang it. it. It's so good when you explain it. It's Ex- so good. Finish the explanation. Finish the explanation. Explain more. And he is a big, big skeleton. <laughs> He's overweight. Why is he so overweight? Because he eats all the candy. Who's candy? All the kids' candy. Oh shoot! Because it's Halloween, right? It's Halloween. I hate you. I love you, Jake. <laughs> Your so negativity you. cannot overwhelm me. Your big bones. Tell me so the big bones. So you face big bones. Uh-huh. Big bones is the only tough battle in the whole game as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, I wasn't sure if my optimal loadout was optimal, but I was able to squeeze it out. I don't know about you, but I, I did that in one try. Whoa. And there's proof of this on my Twitch page at uh, jacobstreams.com. Uh, I did it in one. I don't know about you. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, here's what <laughs> So, I did attempt it multiple times, and then I was like... I and then I watched the guy, <laughs> and then I watched the rest of it on YouTube okay. on my phone. I'm so <laughs> I knew I was like at some point it's gonna have to come out, Andrew. <laughs> it's gonna have to, here's I my but, but I was like uh, you beat ninety seven percent of the yeah, yeah yeah and and I was like uh, like uh, I I missed like all the costumes as I said. So I feel like I, I was like, oh, maybe like like the guy that I watched, the guy had a vampire one. Vampire and, support. And I was like, and I was like, man, like I don't have that. So I thought uh, they were like, oh, the pumpkin one is going to help you when you get a big when you run into a big problem. Do you remember? I, I don't. Forget, I didn't like the pumpkin. Neither costume. did I. Someone gave me a bit of dialogue. I remember when they give you the pumpkin costume, and they're like, oh, oh yeah, this is going to help you when you get a big problem. So I was like, oh, I'll just rely on the pumpkin uh, to get me out of it. Dorian and, tells I, you that. and I was like. Pumpkins' abilities are not, not like, like well, they're just not special. And I was yeah. like, well, what is there like maybe a weakness that I'm missing here? Yeah. Like may, maybe it's like some special thing just with big bones. Uh-huh. And then yeah, so big bones it, is kind of funny. No, no, it, it was it was great. Like because yeah. he doesn't fit. Like he, he doesn't, doesn't fit, fit the, the portal. That uh, he I mean the rest of the game. He doesn't fit the rest of the game from that. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> but you're, also yes, you're like jokes today, eh? I'm always jokes. Yeah, I like you a lot today. You're you're being me in this moment, and, and <laughs> it, it's really I like it a lot. Let's yeah, great. Big bones, eh? <laughs> so big bones. Uh, big bones is hilarious because what he does is he summons minions. <laughs> sucks them up and shoots them at you and you would expect him to like summon minions like any other boss to attack you yeah he he does he pulls a curve and then once you beat him you like hop in a van and you drive back to town with a stranger with a stranger (laughs) that looked very suspiciously like the woman you just it no, story. no, I get that. I get that. But I'm saying, like in theory, it could have been right, yeah, yeah. like when I saw you that, I was like, oh, maybe straight. there's more. And yeah, maybe, you can, yeah, throughout the game. Yeah, it was a real conspicuous van. Yeah, it was like a VW Bug with like a surfboard van. on it. Uh huh. Yeah, and then uh, you get back home, and, and you, you don't tell your parents anything. Don't tell your parents anything. One of my favorite things throughout the game, though, was the kids kept mentioning like you, you would expect a, an adult to notice that like some of the stuff is happening in this world. But none of the adults or grown-ups ever notice it. False. False. When you're in the mall, and you're in the dark part of the mall, and you're talking to the guy, and you're like, yo, there's monsters here. And he's like, oh, they're just teenagers. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what he said. But, like, he was, refer- he was, like, he was pointing at the monsters. So I thought maybe at the end of the game it was going to come out that oh. all the monsters were teenagers. That's such a good theory. Oh. I thought that's what it was. That's such a good theory. Because it was mentioned once and I was like, well, they would be like, oh, maybe they're taking all the candy from the little Yo. kids. That's so good. This that's is like so the good. little rascals. Uh, oh. At MatPat, you know. It's so up. good. Oh, does... Oh. <laughs> I, I'm submitting resumes. <laughs> a game theory. <laughs> the other, the other like fun little reference to an adult noticing that something was going on one of the adults says, kids, you're in grave dan- danger. And then he, like, dot, 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 says, attack by sugar. 
And he's, he's the guy who's bobbing for Apple. The Apple guy, yeah. yeah. Who you find out later is in like the lobby for Big Candy. What? Yeah, you find out at the end that he's like a Big Candy rep because you complete these tasks where you're like eating these apples, but then the reward is candy. It's, like, yeah. it's all about positive association. Mm-hmm. I totally missed that. It's one of those, again, great writing. Because I think the first moment when you do it in the cul-de-sac, because it's like a series of three, uh, you like do uh, 20 apples and 25 and 30. And I think what happened with me the third time is he went something like, and it was a throwaway joke. He's all like, and you did it. You got all the apples. And the kid's like, so what's my prize? Candy. And the kids are like, wait, doesn't that not make any sense? He's like, candy. <laughs> uh, my favorite part in the end game uh, with related to the writing was when they're uh, gathering their candy and they're all looking at what their spoils were. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Dad tax. Dad tax. <laughs> the dad reaches down. That and, was funny. And I, grabs, I that. Yeah. And dad it, says nothing the whole game, but yeah. dad tax. And he goes, and he steals candy. I think it, I think about the like playthrough at the beginning. I'm like, oh look at the dad. He's just sitting there, not giving a crap with anything. Yes. <laughs> he was just like, like you can just they, they animated the like I don't care face really well <laughs> on his. On him. I don't know. Did you guys notice that like your parents look like none of the adults in this town? Yeah, none of the grown-ups. I noticed that. The grown-ups look very odd and don't look they don't look like they belong to any of the kids or vice versa. But it looks like all the kids you run into belong to your parents. They look aesthetically similar. Huh. You know what? I, now that you're thinking about it, or now that you're saying it, what that's I think about is like... Theory. That's a game theory. What I think about is like those mustache glasses. Like all the, the male adults look like those it glasses. Look fake. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So, so I, thought, I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's, the first time I saw it, I thought he was going to take it off and then it was going to be a grubbin. Like, JK, like, I, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish they would have done that. Um, uh, but that was the, my favorite part of the end. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to say about the game? I, I think that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to say about it. it it's it's uh, before I give my final impressions. What, what do you? What I think, think I think for me the my favorite part of the game was exploration. Like like far more than every other bit. It was just a wonderful little world of nostalgia and like. I don't know. Even though there's monsters running around, it, it felt it felt like it it really provided that nostalgia, and I didn't even like trick or treat that much as a kid. But like it, it was it was brilliant. I got that, and all that I want Double Fine to do now is to do an RPG based on uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yes, yes, that's all I want. Just give that me that Costume Quest Three, Peanuts. It's a Great Pumpkin, Charlie so Brown RPG. I can't wait to play Costume Quest Two. I love this game. I've played it twice now. I didn't think that I was going to love it as much the second time, but I really did still enjoy it. For me, that was it. I, what I, my final thoughts about it, I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't play Costume Quest 2. Um, I'm going to now. I'm going to try to actually play it before Halloween or like shortly thereafter. I would say play this game. It's super fun. It's six hours long. It uh, You can get it for 99 cents from like... Uh, Mid October right on Steam, ninety nine cents for this game. So worth it. Um, save it. it until uh, until October. Thematically appropriate. Yeah. So so next year on your pile of shame, bring Costume Quest One to the top. And just just play that thing. I'll play it now Andy? over a couple days. Final thoughts. Uh, six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 it's like 
I, I liked it, but it, to me, it just doesn't feel like something. Yeah, it's not right now. It's not what I would play. Like, like, and I understand why people like it, but I just, I don't know if, maybe if I do it and I don't have to do it, like, I'll, I might give costume, especially because it's so cheap, I'll probably, like, try costume quest too, just as, like, a, a mental experiment of, like, seeing if I, uh, if it changes when I don't have to do it. Um, but I, I did, I did find it quaint, and the writing definitely made it bearable, and like made me like pulled me right through. Can I, can I just, uh, uh, as a final point, you sat here with the two of us, and I don't usually do this because I'm usually like the grumpy one. You just, you talk nothing but good about this for like an hour, and then at the end you're just like, oh, it was bearable. six out of ten. It was bearable. Well, okay, you're, you're glowing right no, now. No, no, We're all glowing. And I, okay. I enjoyed it, but opportunity cost, you know, like I got a, I got Facebook, uh, meaningless Facebook posts. See, I got, I got, no, no, no. Uh, but in, in all reality, like I, I play like massive RPGs. Like I put like 200 hours into like games like the Witcher. And like, to me, that's like such a richer experience, but like, I, I, I do enjoy it. I would recommend if you're on the cusp of playing it and it's Halloween and you want something Halloween played, I would say like it's an experience that you should have. Um, but as far as like actual gameplay, I wasn't like the combat system really, sure. especially because there are very few Halloween games that are horror games for sure, and it, and it's short too, right? Like yeah. it's it's something that you can enjoy in the span of a day. So Andrew, where can the people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andy Windsor. And you can find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Project Gateway Canada. Um, and that's where all my stuff is, including YouTube, uh, short short movies, what, 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 what have you. Fantastic. Cool, cool. Mr. Jacob McCourt, where can people find you? Cool, cool, cool. They can find me at Jacob McCourt. Uh, if you want to follow my streaming adventures uh, when we play our next game, which I think Michael's going to talk about, uh, no, you're not going to talk about it. Can mm-hmm. I talk about it? You can, can I just? Talk about it. Can I, okay, I'll, I'll, you can follow me at jacobstreams.com. Um, uh, Michael, where can the people find you? Find me at Ruflo M on Twitter uh, and michaelruflo.com. And Jacob, so what's the next game that we have on the docket? We're going to keep going with this Halloween theme despite it being November. I'm so excited. And we're going to play Luigi's Mansion. I can't wait. Honestly, I think that's better than the Christmas theme. You know why? That's no. way better. Superior Mario Brother. Stop it! I, look, sometimes when you're right, you just need to make sure everyone knows you're right. So I can neither confirm nor deny this. So wait, are you a fence sitter in relation to the Mario Brothers? Well, yeah, because I'm not. I I never played those. We'll games. talk about this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, my friends, is one last game left behind. If you enjoyed the show and want more, make sure to check us out on iTunes and give us a five star review. Andrew, did you give us a five star review? I did. See, and Andrew's good people. So, uh, and he did it before he came on the show. Like, I, I don't want to like be like, "Hey, Andrew, do this five star review." Yeah, you, have to do it. Yeah. you have to do it. No, he did this before he came on the show. But I did get a gift basket in the mail. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that is one last game left behind. It's been a, it's been a slice.